0: Anyone heard any news lately? Welcome back to Motorsport 101. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 414 of Motorsport 101. I'm your friendly neighborhood host, Dre Harrison, and. uh, I'm going to tear this band aid off right away. There is a, you can't see it on this audio platform, but there is a pink elephant behind me in the room that I feel like I kind of have to address, um, <laughs> which I'll get to in a minute. But welcome to our big formatory season preview. It's an extended edition of the show. It, the season nine the, the first gen three season the formulary e kicks off this weekend in mexico city um we do like Formula e and we want the best for it so we thought we'd sit down and have a good old chat about it and you know again ripping off their band-aids too because it's not been the prettiest of off seasons for them if we're being honest but we'll address some of that as we go along but first let's go around the horn real quick introduce you the rest of the show as always rj o'connell hello sir Um, Back when we
1: last joined you, uh, some mediocre kickboxer had quite a few luxury cars, and now he has none because he was stupid enough to, to leave his pizza bots on the table trying to dunk on a teenage girl.
0: I know, isn't it amazing? Um, the, what a uh, sentence that is! Oh my a, goodness! A buzzer beater to end off the meme of the year contest. I mean, that is that is Luka Doncic down the stretch. If, if bang! I bang! <laughs> Where's Mike Brain? Uh, he's gonna say bang so effing hard right now. Also, we have Cam Buckley. Hello, sir. How's it going, man?
2: <laughs> uh, it's going okay. You know, just uh, hiding from the cold. I've got my uh, I've got my PlayStation Five as a space heater life is good
0: that that'll do nicely and uh we have a special guest with us on on this edition we had to get someone in to help us out with Formula E this year we have Mr. S Garnick here everybody hey Sasha how's it going
3: hey Dre it's uh, great to be on the podcast by the way um I I was on a previous uh Berlin Formula E special edition thingy on YouTube with you which oh, was you uh, remember that Tem-
0: Temple Hoff Nights yes I do remember that yeah. um, Years ago, so we never got the fourth one in because uh, yeah, we thought, you know, how fun would it be to just do an ongoing video podcast over six races in Berlin? But we thought uh, we, we we couldn't quite get the last one in there. In the end, we are all, we all a little bit tied up. But uh, pleasure to have Sasha. You know him. You might know him from the Motion E podcast. Please do check them out after this. Already again, you know, they do fantastic work on on Fort marine Hey, You might even find an episode of a certain host on there me hmm. um so you can check that out if you haven't already putting together a dream team it was a really fun time so do check that out if you haven't already right you've probably seen the news by now if you follow your motorsport podcast and media in general um there's been a change of the guard at a certain uh rival company formerly known as wtf1 and uh yes yeah it, it is your boy dre harrison is now the official host of the WTF One Podcast Network. Um, holy shit. <laughs> first and um, very, very quiet news. Um, yeah. And, you know, like of course, um, just want to say a few words regarding that first and foremost. Um, let me be clear. First and foremost, we are going nowhere here. Um, I promise you. Everyone at WTF1, who the management guys are, they have given their full blessing for me to continue on here as well. So I promise you, there will be no drastic changes to Motorsport 101 in the at least in the short to medium term. Um, like I, I completely get how people thought, Oh, Dre's leaving, you know, like, like no, I'm not leaving, I can do both, I will do both. That is not a problem. I wanted to keep going, and you know like the bosses in there have been a very have been very kind and very understanding because look they hired me based off this which is remarkable in a sense like there are a thousand motorsport podcasts out there these days and that's only a slight exaggeration and they've gone out of their way to choose us uh, and and bring us in and most specifically bring me in to front in their podcast department so look it's a, it's an incredible honor Um, to be able to do that and uh, I'm recording this only two hours after doing my first ever show on their Twitch network so that was one of the scariest things I've ever done in my life. <laughs> I'll say that in full sincerity. <laughs> um, if you're listening in, because you've come from over there because of these guys, like, look, I just want to say publicly on the air, all the best to Tom Benham and Matt Gallagher uh, and, and whatever they decide to do going forward. Um, you know, they're, they're great guys and, you know, they've, they've done a brilliant job with WTF one and whatever they decide to do next to probably going to smash it because they've, they've, manifested a brilliant community and they've done outstanding work so all the best of them and i sincerely will try my very best as a host of their podcast department to just you know bring myself to the table and i hope you guys give us a shot and get used to us and in- enjoy the show um that's that's all i can really hope for if you're one of those people that have just you know decided you know, you're just going to follow Tom and Matty wherever. That's completely understandable. I would never hold that against you. Um, but, you know, if you want to give us a go, please do. Um, that, I, I think we're going to be all right, personally. Um, so, yeah, thank you to everyone. I just want to say thank you to everyone who's listened to us. I mean, we looked back on this on our Discord server a couple of days ago, and we just thought, we've, out of this show, we've had a guy go on to write for Jalopnik, Guys writing for Racer and race fans, and that's RJ's case, obviously brilliant work over at Daily Sports Car. A guy go on to commentate MotoGP's world feed, and now someone running WTF1 all off the back of this show, which is, as far as I'm concerned, fucking remarkable that we've all come from the same hub and we've all gone on to do great things as a result of it um so karen when you're running for water sport? um <laughs> uh, never
2: um no no now i need to figure out something to top all of that
0: um uh, world domination want-
2: <sighs> yeah but i got to get up early for that yeah just, uh, i'm gonna get, gonna have to get up early for fe though so you know i guess i could make some time for that
0: yeah yeah that, 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 that always works you know they, they could do they could do with the help but uh no sincerely thank you all so much like this this is a dream gig by all accounts um and this would not have been possible without all you people listening and supporting us and backing us and giving a pokey motor in show with a bunch of misfits in the motorsport sport was shot and i promise you m101 audience i will not let you down in um running wtf1 because uh this it's gonna be it's, a, it's gonna be an incredible honor and Hey, if you don't like that over there, at least you still got us, right? You know, like it's like you've you got two bites of the cherry. You can't possibly go wrong. No, but but sincerely, thank you all so much. It's it's an incredible honor. I promise you, we're going nowhere. Um we'll iron out some more heavy duty plans going forward in in the coming days and weeks, but just for now, don't worry. We're not going anywhere. It's just gonna be a little quieter, obviously, over the next few weeks because there's not an awful lot of motorsport on but uh, in february and march we'll rack, we'll rack, we'll rack things up again as always so thank you all so much for that before we get into the heavy dutyness of the FECs, because I'm already eight minutes in, Jesus, um, but uh, um, just wanted to say as well, yeah, please, you can find us real quick, motorsport101.com um, over there for our website, all the written stuff and all our content is over there. If you really like us, you can back us financially on Patreon to keep the cost down, patreon.com forward slash motorsport101. If you'd like to follow us on social media, I now have to call myself Dre underscore WTF1 on Twitter. That's uh Damn
1: it! One
0: take! Woo! Woo! I uh, I'm I'm, I'm imp- I impressed myself with that one quite frankly so um yeah like that's gonna take some getting used to shit um so dre underscore wtf1 at rjo at cbuckley917 and if you want to follow motion e and, and all the sasha's content you can so you can do so on linktree uh you link, linktree uh is it is it slash motion underscore e is it yeah so that?
3: it's uh it's 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 linktree linktr.ee slash uh, motion underscore e and you can find all the links i'm even on mastodon would you believe
0: he's holding out for a, for a Mastodon reboot. We love to see it. Um, <laughs> good luck to them, man. Um, but uh, yeah, oh, you can could, you could check Sasha's work out over there. It's great stuff. I do highly recommend it if I do say so myself. Right. Without further ado, let's get into the Formula E season preview. One,
1: 22 drivers and teams are all rushing in for one thing. They have to defeat Andros.
0: <laughs> <laughs> i'm not that was, sure that uh, no, um, i just feel really old <laughs> I'm, I'm, you're telling us you're the youngest guy here um but uh y- yeah welcome to our forbittery season preview um and again this has been an episode of kind of addressing elephants in the room already and this is kind of another one here now Formula e kicks off this weekend at Mexico City. And to be honest, if you didn't know that going into this episode, I wouldn't have blamed you because it's barely been advertised. Um, it's, it's it's felt pretty quiet in the grand scheme of things in Formula e's backyard. And it's, well, we thought we'd address some of the concerns going into this season before we really got started. So, um, yeah, good Good, good, good luck good luck guys we're going to get through we're going to get through the shit first I, I think that's the best way of, of handling this so then we'll go into the teams one by one and well spoiler alert only one retained lineup in the field compared to last season one out of 11 and, it was, and there were 12 teams last year <laughs> so uh that, that kind of says it all really but uh let's talk about some of the the manufacturer problems first and foremost because i mean look let's just cut to the chase here. Last the last two years, we've lost BMW, Mercedes, and Audi from this series as factory teams. And to make matters worse, it's kind of expanded into other areas. It's not like they've just, just dropped out of motorsport or just cut something for the sake of it. They've moved resources around. We now know that Audi is going to be joining Formula One in 2026 through Sauber. Uh, BMW is taking their talents to the hypercar class of um, prototype racing um, in in LMDH over there. And Mercs are trying to win their crowns back in Formula 1, and we all know that that's going to be a fight between them and Red Bull. Porsche apparently are not too keen. Spoiler alert, folks. You'll hear a lot of Porsche quotes coming up in this episode because uh, they've been very outspoken about some of the issues in the series um, in this offseason. And apparently according to people you may you may you may know i've seen clips from sam smith say this as well they're on the fence about whether they want to continue um down the road as well so uh they nearly same with them where
2: they're you know they're all in with the lmdh program as we know and Mm -hmm. still evaluating an f1 entry although nothing concrete planned yet
0: yeah yeah of course they they, they were were more than prepared to buy out half of red bull to make that happen and red bull understandably were like maybe we don't want to give away equity in our team which you know it was it was it was always going to be a bit of a complicated one that and that's how it turned out yeah they almost nearly bought it boycotted the valencia test on safety grounds because i i mean sasha i mean you i'm sure you obviously kept a closer eye on the valencia test as well i mean there seems to be issues with the brakes on these cars right Or or the lack of them so to speak
3: uh, there, there are, Dre, and uh, it's it, it's all down to revolutionary technology that uh, isn't quite working in the optimal way right now. But before I begin with that, I just want to very quickly say congratulations on your big move. I'm I'm really happy Thank for you, you. Um, and Bless the you. only reason I would not yeah. have been happy for you would have been if you'd got the job as Autosport Formula E correspondent. So I'm very <laughs> happy that you didn't. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh well, you know, their loss is WTF ones game. Thank you, man. That's very kind of you. But crack on. No, this isn't about me. <laughs> all right. <laughs>
3: so um, the 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 aim was the aim was to move um, eventually in Formula E Gen Four, which is obviously a long way down the road towards um, all regen braking. And mm. so 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 the idea was to only have one set of brakes on the car, and to have the other set of brakes be entirely regenerative. Um, the problem being that uh, during valencia testing uh, some of the cars including most spectacularly i think sebastian Buemes and vision mm-hmm. um um were f- were found to have uh, re- regen braking that wasn't quite working optimally and uh, th- there there's been obviously investigations and uh, a, a, a lot of uh, um a, a, a lot of looking closely into why that why that would be but uh, I I think it's it's a case of rolling out the new Gen 3 car with limited testing for all the teams. So all teams have had private testing and they've had the public testing in Valencia as well. But... All of the teams, I think, are starting on the back foot because, obviously, you'd always like to have more testing in motorsports. And I think the same thing for Formula E. They they did a lot of testing with the uh, original chassis they built with uh, Benoit Trellier, who I'm sure you remember, the mm. uh, former French uh, Formula 3 champion. team
1: legend, Benoit Trellier. Mm.
3: Exactly. Um, and... Um, and, uh, I, I think, uh, yeah, so I, 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 think they, they probably thought they had this worked out, but obviously when, when a car gets into mass production, um, you know, as, as our friend, Mr. Musk knows things go wrong in the build process sometimes. Mm. So <laughs> sometimes. Th- 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 there's, there's a lot of allegedly's here. There's a lot of, uh, things that, uh, you know, sit, sitting in my cozy room in Tallinn, Estonia, I don't necessarily know, but it does seem like uh, that there there is an issue. And they're trying to cover for this, by the way, by building in resiliency with an emergency break. But that will not make its debut until at least the Diria e the second round of the series, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. means that we go into Mexico City uh, with what what is known to be potentially a faulty braking system and um you, you know a, a circuit that does reach high speeds particularly at the end of the pit straight and you, you've got to ask whether they should be going ahead really with a first round of a world championship with a system that you know they can't be 100 percent sure is safe in all cases
0: yeah that Sound. I mean, I've, I've read enough about this, and I was gonna, I was going to go to you just to back me up on this, but that sounds like a very bad idea. Um, that sounds like severe safety issues because that, that was that was the pattern I was hearing that if guys lost control of their cars at speed, the braking system would not be able to save them in some cases, or if there was like a technical problem with the car, then the braking system might fail, and then they would they would find stopping the car very difficult, and that is deeply troubling because we know these cars aren't reliable at the best of times Um,
2: And, and and i mean we've seen examples of that with other um other series using the regenerative braking where we saw um sometimes an lmp1h if the hybrid system would even you know fall out of sync a little bit a car would just go skating off the road um or you know famously in canada 2014 mercedes lost all of their MGUK, all of their regenerative braking on the rears, mm. and they started having locking. And then Lewis's rear brakes failed, and he had to retire from the race. Um, that was already compromising the braking enough with a partial braking system. It is the entire rear brake setup for these new FE cars, and so without an emergency brake, and you know, in the event that the MGU recovery does not work properly, you effectively don't have rear brakes on these cars
3: and we we did see this kind of kind of possibly allegedly happen in gen 2 as well i'm sure you all remember the uh, the big crash from a from from a practice start in practice for eduardo mortara in diria 2 years yes, ago yes yes now Gosh. um uh, th- there there were there were lots of allegations about that and i'm not about to get myself uh, brought to court by uh, <laughs> any of the um, any of the protagonists there but essentially you know mortara a very skilled driver as we'll come to later ended up uh, going straight into the wall uh, because he didn't have any braking now the reason for that allegedly possibly might have been because uh, when when you start a formula e car uh, the the cars are manually regulated so that you don't have regen braking um, or the Gen 2 car was so you didn't have regen braking going right off a standing start uh, this was uh, th- th- this was p- partly for safety reasons I I believe and maybe also partly for sporting reasons anyway. Mm. Um, the, the the problem was that um, you you then are relying on your mechanical brakes going into the going into the corner, and if there is any kind of issue with your mechanical brakes, and um, a- again I have no reason to suggest that I'm certain that there was in that case, then you you might you might end up with difficulties as uh, as Mortara clearly did. Now. I, I'm I'm couching that with the fact that there was also investigations done at the time into the Mercedes powertrain. There were lots of potential reasons why uh, uh, Mortara might have apparently lost it under braking, but we did see something similar with um, less um, um, uh, less less tense consequences in Berlin that season for Jake Dennis in the BMW Andretti. So. Um, there there have been braking-related, powertrain-related uh, first-corner issues in Formula E in the past, and it's, uh, it's, it's a shame that we've got this reliability issue going into the first race with a brand new car, obviously.
0: Indeed, indeed. Not ideal at all. I mean, it goes hand-in-hand hand with supply issues as well from the manufacturing side of things. The old supply issues chestnut that we've all been facing in these uncertain times.
1: God, no. what has it been, three years since the world first went into lockdown?
0: Yeah, not ideal. A certain global conflict didn't help either. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, we say it here, I mean, again, Fortus Florian Modlinger was very open about this. He described it, quote, as F3 levels of resource, which that doesn't sound good. Um, he mm. said, how the parts are tested and then handed over to the manufacturer this whole process we clearly need to review for Gen 4 um, and draw the correct conclusions because how it was handled for Gen 3 we are clearly not happy we cannot be satisfied with how and with which status the project had when we got handed over the common parts this needs to be reviewed, I worked in the past in different series and there are different ways of interacting between the sporting instance like the FIA or the DMSB and the promoter and the manufacturers we need change for Gen 4 because the situation we are in at the moment, I clearly don't want to be in again.
3: <laughs> and actually, what worries me so much is that, that there, there are so many quotes coming out and uh, so so many so many sources briefing and leaking that it's got a vibe of A1GP powered by Ferrari 2008. And I don't like that vibe.
0: No, like, I'm, no. Like, I'm more one of the few guys who's gone on the record about this um a lot of, apparently of similar resentment they obviously didn't want to put their name on it um at the time but the resentment was clearly not there and yeah it goes hand in hand with what we've been saying not ideal at all um yeah
2: there's there's way too much smoke for there to not be fire at this point
0: yeah and uh to go hand in hand with that we've also got some major changes to the format too um well this could be good this these not i all be bad Yeah, they're interesting. We'll we'll go through some of the key ones together here. Now, race format, we are scrapping the uh, 45-minute timed system. Uh, Races will no longer be what we had before. It was 45 minutes plus extra time for any uh, yellows uh, in the bulk of the race and the the plus one lap at the end. We are going to straight up lap count, folks. Um, so we're going back to what we were before. It's going to be a straight up lap count. Um, again, this didn't exactly go over well during the Valencia test when they did a mock race, and uh, everyone was like, oh, "How much are we meant to save here?" Um, which is, is never <laughs> ideal. Um, but uh, that is they've gone back to lap format on this one. Uh, Fan boost gone, everybody. Fan hey. boost is gone. Yes. Oh
1: our long national nightmare is over. We can finally stop publishing our think pieces about how FanBoost is actively turning the race results into a popularity
0: contest, even though most times it just it didn't do anything really. No, not much in the grand not scheme of a things. Whole lot. This 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 wasn't anywhere near the huge deal that I think a lot of people on the internet wanted to make it seem like it was. But fact It was the same six or seven names pretty much every weekend winning the fan boost. And that's that's a problem. And it, you could argue you shouldn't have fan interjection. Make, yeah.
3: And, and the, the, the whole yeah. idea of an Internet vote for boost is, uh, shall we say, problematic in some respects anyway. And uh, if you're wondering what I mean, you can always search Daniel Apt quotes from 2018 on that. Oh he, oh. oh, he
0: hated it. He he was at he he was foaming from the mouth when he was asked about that in 2018. Um like and didn't he benefit most of it from anybody? Yeah like, <laughs> Yeah, he liked it. I was he, he was popular at Daniel Apt when he was in the series because like he was getting fan boost votes quite often, if I remember correctly. So even though it was benefiting him, he clearly still didn't like it, which is fair enough. Um uh now we were gonna have fast charging pit stops um with new technology. You know, and maybe a mandatory pit stop system coming in for this season, but they were scrapped in the build up to the Valencia test due to, again, reliability concerns and time pressure, more supply and issues. They weren't sure the technology was going to work properly. I think I'm right in saying, Sasha, and they just decided, yeah. you know what, best to scrap it for the season.
3: Well, um, so according to Formula E's latest uh, l- latest press release on the new sporting regulations, they are planning to pilot uh, um, attack charge, as they call it, at some point during the season. But obviously, they will want to iron out the issues we've already spoken about with Gen 3 before they get to that.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I don't think they wanted to have a... Um, what's the best way? I don't think they wanted to, to obviously introduce it mid-season and then obviously that's going to build competitive question marks again if you introduce such a massive rule change halfway through a season or part way into a season or what have you which obviously wasn't going to help either absolutely
3: so. and also we've got a perfectly serviceable um uh kind of uh push to push to pass gimmick in terms of um if, if i can use gimmick in a good way in terms of attack mode which i think of fans actually like and which is fairly easy to follow for the viewer and which is actually quite enjoyable I think
0: yeah I'm completely okay with that um yeah, uh, one last big, big change in terms of format as well. Attack mode. Um, it has been re- it's been renamed. It's now called attack charge validation, um, which you know it rolls right off the tongue, um, and it's it, that's going to be the new system for, for for attack mode, where obviously you would put off to one side, and you would have an increased usage out of your your powertrain. For well, depends on the race. Obviously, there was a bit of up and down. Sometimes it was one to three times you had to use attack mode in a race um and the time obviously varied race to race I think the race directors wanted to obviously mix it up especially for double header weekends to try and keep the teams on their toes a little bit um it's going to be straight up four minutes now per race of this attack charge value I think it' up to I think it's 350 kilowatts now during the race for ACV. Yeah, I thought-
3: if I can just uh, just add something as well, sure. um, I I believe they, um, or at least according to the latest press release that I've read, I believe they've gone back to the name Attack Mode for the thing that they're starting the season with. And I believe Attack Charge is the new thing they're trying to introduce later in the season. But um, I I may be reading outdated information. I, I got that from the FE website, but uh, uh, you you may have later information than me.
0: Yeah, that that sounds about right from where I'm hearing. But uh, also, the interesting part of that is also go- there's also going to be another strategic element to this as well because you can actually you have to use it twice during the race, but you can choose the length of each stint between one and three minutes. So again, when it comes to harvesting, saving power, using the extra power to maybe overtake, it's going to be a strategic element of the use of ACV. So that could also be interesting. We we'll have to see how that plays out when we actually get into the racing itself. Um, So, yeah, as as I agree with RJ, these aren't all bad changes as far as I'm concerned. I think the lap count works better as just a more ironclad race format as opposed to time, because the extra time rule was a bit... It was a bit all over the place at times. Um, And... You know, let's not talk about Valencia that one time. Um, oh, oh yeah, let's, let,
2: let's not. What I, I do think most of these changes are for the better.
0: I agree. Um, um, power did
1: power uh, kilowatt deductions. Anyone? <laughs> oh
2: god. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Ma- mainly looking at stuff like like fan boost, regardless of whether they whether it had the effect on the racing or not. Not having it there, I think, is just a better look.
3: Mm. Mm. It, it is a better look, and. Actually, you, you know, again, tipping on the negative, um, it, it, it is worth mentioning Valencia twenty-one and Puebla twenty-one as well. For Formula E, every on a roughly annual basis, sometimes twice annually, does something which where it appears to be immolating itself. Now, <laughs> um, quite how it's going to do that this season, you 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 just hope it's going to be something non-dangerous. Um, I, I hope but, so. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, but as as King said in your last podcast, uh, the the vibes are just chef's kiss right now.
0: Oh yeah, immaculate. Oh, We've right. we even talked about some of the like the outward facing like logistical problems, like the website, for example. I was digging up some of the stats for the for the set list, and the website was struggling to load. Drivers' portraits were taking ten plus seconds to fire up. They had a big old rebrand in terms of the logo.
1: Live, laugh, love, baby.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> Formula uh, yeah. Eurovision. Yeah. Oh God! Oh my God! They really yeah, do it... like the Eurovision logo. It's crazy. Like I, can't, like, I love that half our show is American, and most of the time, two thirds of the show is American. And even they were like, it looks like the Eurovision logo. And I was actually quite impressed. RJ pointed that out. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, that is a thing. Like the rebrand did not go well. The fact that the survey they were asking people about it didn't have any negative options is not a good look. Um, please
2: tell us you like
0: us exactly um and like there was missing content on the website six days out from a grand prix to, to start your new generation of car i mean that is tragic um yep.
2: it, it, it's, and, it's um, you can sum up this off season overall as everything is behind schedule even mm. the stuff that doesn't matter is behind schedule and there's just a lot of scrambling going on in the cars in the series, behind the scenes with stuff like the website, that just doesn't seem like it's quite ready for this season to start. Yeah,
3: I think I think one of the problems they've had for a while, actually, uh, well, since before they became a world championship, is that their commercial team and their communications team. And I'm I'm really not knocking the amount of work they do because they all work incredibly hard, but. Uh the people at the top, including Jamie Riegel, the CEO of Formula E, um, everyone since Alejandro Agag, who is uh, you know, a proper startup guy, I, I view him as like a, a sort of motorsporting Steve Jobs. So I think he is truly a mad genius. Um so <laughs> he stepped aside and uh he put in place a a communications and commercial team which he thought would take the sport forward. I think what's happened is they've recruited from big blue chip sports and big blue chip sporting enterprises like Manchester United, for example. I did hear about this, yeah. Yeah. Um, And if, if you've got a former member of the Man United commercial team running your sport as a CEO, then... Obviously, he's going to lean on uh, solutions he's picked up from the Premier League, which uh, which which is a place where you can you can put it on Sky, you can charge people whatever it is, hundred quid a month, because you because you know it's an event, people are going to pay, um, as, as Gary Neville would say, at this moment in time to see it, and um, pe- people are going to want to pile in there. With Formula E, I think you've got to market it a bit more like a startup. You've got to assume that the audience is not there, and you've got to have a free element for everyone to build it up. Now, um, other people, including um, the great Hazel Southwell, have advocated mm. for sticking the whole thing on YouTube, and I've got to agree with that. Um, 100%. I- I didn't agree with Sam Smith when, when um, who, who, you know, brilliant journalist, but I didn't agree with the one point he made about the formula E unplugged documentary this season. He says, praise be it's on terrestrial television. That's not the point anymore. People don't go to terrestrial television. They, they go on the internet for, the, for their for their, their entertainment. And I just think there's got to be a strong bedrock of free-to-air content as there used to be with Formula E, and if they want to get their audience levels back to, honestly, where it was at the start of Gen 2, that's what they need to do.
2: Well, look at what Toto was saying about uh, pulling Mercedes out of this series that, look, there just wasn't enough eyes on it.
1: Yeah. and Yeah. And when you... When, thro- mm, sorry, no, no. I, I wanted to say something. is like, yeah, it's awesome that Formula E does have a presence on YouTube, but the viewership isn't there. And like if you want to try like free to air over the year like traditional television, well, Channel 4 is not going to give that to you because they're not airing it live on Channel 4's linear channel. They are only showing tape-delayed highlights of this uh, on the on the on the traditional boob tube. Yeah, which is
3: and uh, and and channel 4's youtube at at times last season was getting um v- getting viewerships of around 2000 well there are many twitch streams with more than that so i i really think something needs to be done and w- what what i'm what i'm seeing and hearing is a lot of people being um be, being told don't be too critical uh you know uh, be be very careful and I, I actually think that formula e should be in a position where it's listening to criticism a bit more
1: Absolutely. Like, I'll say I'll say this for free. Like, we talked about on a number of occasions about what is IndyCar doing to, uh, to get people to watch things that aren't the Indianapolis 500. Are they trying the right things? Do they care? I feel at times like Formula E just truly does not care at times. They have their core audience of people who are already invested and they feel like they don't need to try. That's oh. what it seems like on the surface to me.
2: Mm-hmm. And... Well, that mentality, if indeed it's there, has. Well, look at the manufacturer Exodus for series that are just more viable to more eyes.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, let's, you know, that's the vibe check regarding the series in general. Let's get into the runners and riders of season nine of Formula E. And traditionally on this show, when we do a season preview, we go in reverse championship order, which means the first team we're looking at here is, wait a minute, does that say DS um, <laughs> um, This is going to need some explaining. Um, Yes. For those who missed it towards the end of, of our season eight coverage of Formula of Formula E, Um. It was a long time coming, but the mega powers of Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage, well, maybe not Randy Savage, have combined to form DS Penske, and they've got Quite possibly the strongest formula e lineup, maybe ever. Um, the reigning series eight champion, Stoffel Van Dorn in the number he's, he's taking the number one plate. I love that. Uh, I'm old school.
2: Defend the one.
0: Defend the one. Like, sorry, Joseph. Um, and <laughs> in alongside him in the 25 car, our friend and yours, uh, a friend in yours, veteran Jev, 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 Jeff, 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 Jeff. John Eric Vern, of course. Um, the marriage is over, of course, but uh, Stoffel Dorn will be with Jev together.
2: No, now we have uh, now we have Joffel. Joffle,
0: <laughs> I'm not I'm not sure that's going to stick somehow, but we'll, we'll go with it. Um, but uh, yeah, we, we thought we'd, we'd give a little uh, snippet into each team as we go on. So yeah, DS Penske, the off-season story arguably over Christmas. DS Penske was an alliance long in the making as far back as 2021 when original owners t Cheetah were looking for outside investment when a Crypto Bro deal went belly up. It took a little while for, for the deal to finally complete as the merger took time to iron out, but now DS have combined with Penske and added the reigning series champion Stoffel Van Dorn. Jay Penske stays on as team principal, with Nicholas Maduica staying on as deputy principal and executive vice president. Most of the key players from the previous relationship are staying on, and if the testing talk is true, they probably have the best powertrain on the grid right now. They also took T-Cheetah's gold and black livery, just in case they wanted to kick the previous runners in the teeth one more time on the way out. The latter <laughs> is aiming to get back on the grid in season 10. Uh, some, 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 <laughs> some brief words from Stoffel says, I'm really happy to be joining DS Penske from next season, and it's a big change for me after four years at Mercedes, but I am very excited to start working with the team. DS has achieved excellent results in the past, winning the drivers and teams titles twice. It's a good record, and one I hope I can add to before long it's also a great pleasure to be associated with the only double champion in Formula I believe that Jev and I will form one of the strongest lineups for season nine it's hard to disagree with him really on that when there's three titles between them and bona fide outstanding records here gents but oh my god Dragon Racing the artist formerly known as Dragon Penske might now actually be really good Um,
1: okay Okay, Dragon. <laughs>
0: okay, Jay Penske.
1: You want to prove that you are worthy of the family lineage. Here is your opportunity. Everything is laid out for you and the rest of this organization to succeed. Go out there and do it.
0: Oh, yeah.
3: Yeah, I, I, think, I think the best thing about DS Penske is that um, the organization appears to have allowed Jay Penske or forced Jay Penske to take a step back because, you know, he, 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 appears to be a, he appears to be a really good magazine publisher who, um you know, runs a team like a really good magazine publisher would, And uh, I'm, 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 I'm glad that uh, they brought in people like Thomas Chevauchet as uh, um, I, I think he's back as team principal, having been in charge of cheetah latterly. And mm. um, I, 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 I actually, um, I was looking at the driver combination. I was thinking, well, that's that's a Formula E dream team in itself. But Stoffel van Dorn and his title success and just how fantastically he did last season and uh, his uh, the, the, the lack of any F1 gossip around him, for example. Yeah. I, I think that says, I mean, okay, folks, we've we, we've all worked in day jobs in places where this has been proven, I'm sure. If you do a fantastic job every day, you turn up to work, you work as if you're on rails and then you get the job done on time and you go home. There's there's no drama there and you don't get the accolades that you do if you shout and scream and cause a bit of drama in the office sometimes. And I just think Stoffel, he, he is a relatively uninteresting guy to listen to. Uh, he just goes in and does the job. Um, he, he's basically he's basically like Harry Kane, that the penalty misses. And mm. I <laughs> think that... I, th- I, th- I think that Stoffel suffers because uh, he's not seen as, you know, enough of a character. He, he's, he's, ba- he's basically the Roger Federer of this story, if you like. And mm. that, that's, that's a shame because he deserves a lot more recognition than he's getting right now.
2: Well, and I mean, looking at the conflagration that was McLaren in 2017 and 2018 in Formula One, uh, not a whole lot of interesting quotes out of him. It was usually the guy across from him in the garage who is giving us new sound bites every week. Indeed. Um, and yeah, just quietly goes on and gets the job done. That's kind of Stoffel's whole, whole MO. Yes. This is a really good team.
0: It's an incredible team. Well, well, on paper, one of the strong... I mean, you're putting together a lot of DST Cheetah's management with two of the strongest drivers this series has ever had. Yeah, this is basically T- DST Cheetah with a different
1: name. Paiyo, and their predecessors uh, um, uh poor one out for Team Aguri.
0: Oh, God, yeah. Um, I still have a signed cap. To be fair, we didn't have a signed cap back then. Um, but uh, yeah, it is an incredibly strong team. Probably one of the favorites going forward. Again, the, the murmurs at the Valencia test was that they've probably got the best powertrain uh, as well, which, well, that, that, that could be a, a terrifying combo.
3: And I, I want to drop in a word for Jev as well before mm. we move on, because um, I... He has had to deal with the anxiety of being a partial shareholder in Tachita and uh, having having that psychodrama of Tachita um, not being able to seemingly pay its bills for the last couple of years. Um, I, I I know from. Other people's reports that Antonio Felix de Costa uh, was was also suffering at times to keep his eyes um, on on the prize because of mm, that. Mm. I I think going into a team where you've got none of those worries, um, but you've got all of the best people that you work with in the past, and also a great teammate to 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 play off. I I think we'll see Jev's ability to build to build consistently a title challenge come to the fore here.
1: This man was a two-time back-to-back formerly champion
0: of the world. Yeah the only person to ever do that. Uh, it's, 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 just resume speaks for itself. He's, he, there's a very strong case. You could say he's maybe former, greatest driver in its young series history. Um, so, uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, probably you're arguing between him and probably Lucas degrassi. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's a bonafide super team. So let's see how it all goes wrong. <laughs> so let's, well, I, I joke that probably They're probably going to be fine. Like, let's go to the other end of the scale, as in bad team expected bad. Uh, Neo free, free, free everybody. Um, don't all groan at once. Um, <laughs> uh, Minus
2: one, Oliver Turvey.
0: I never thought I would see the day that Oliver Turvey is not on a Formula E grid. I'm going to miss him. And to be and... back, he's, he's gone. He's gone to. He's gone to Ds Penske as a racing advisor. Um, and reserve, I believe. So, I mean, look. That is a very valuable name to have in the backroom staff. That, like everyone and their mother, I've ever spoken to about Formula gushes about how brilliant Oliver Turvey is. Turvey is as a mind and as a driver. And my man did the Lord's work in, in for many a bad Neo team. So, yeah, like losing Turvey is a big blow to this team. Um, here's what else I wrote about it. Uh, makes us makes us a bit sad. Don't worry, he's heading to the DS Super Team as a reserve driver and support and advisor. Shrewd. Despite Dan Tickton's, let's call it, enthusiasm for the series, he stays on in the 33. 30- uh,
2: <laughs> that, that word is doing a lot of work in that sentence.
0: entity the inverted commas. Um, he stays on in the 33 cars with new teammate Sergio Sete Camera, who we still think it's funny when Autosport said last year that joining Neo was a <clears throat> reward for gutting it out under the old Dragon regime. That is a true story. They did actually say this. Um, That's rough. um, Quote from the man himself. Being consistent in terms of just finishing the races, doing the laps you need to do plays a bigger role. Then as the teams get more mileage in the car, all of them should converge into having the same level of reliability, more or less, give or take. And then the teams that have more performance should stand out. I definitely think that in the first two or three rounds, it will be extremely important to be consistent and to have the reliability in place. Well, at least Sergio's being modest about it. I like, just like, "I just want to finish the first few rounds." Would that be nice? Um, look, I like Sergio Setti Camera a lot, and I think he had a lot of upside when he was a dragon. I, I, I think if Neo has a half decent car, I think he could actually do quite well over there. I, but, yeah,
3: and um, no. to, to to go to go back to the old uh, uh, Star Fox gaming reference from the top, um, I, I was actually thinking about Slippy Toad, as you do and i yeah and I, I was just thinking you know slippy toad seems like the wash character the the one that you don't want the, the one that you don't want in the game but then you find that he's the mastermind behind building building the landmaster and uh, so mm-hmm. i i think um a surprisingly intelligent and su- su- surprisingly perceptive competitor you've got in in sergio sette camera to to make an awkward segue back to the topic mm. and I I really like Sergio. I I really rate him. I think that uh, uh, Dragon was not the environment in which to build a career necessarily. Uh, and actually, Neo three three three. Yes, they they started off really rubbish because because they were because they were picking up um, old Dragon powertrains, effectively grandfathered powertrains, and um, and uh, they they were starting from the ashes of the Neo Works team, but. That they now got a decent little setup. I, I interviewed uh, Russell O'Hagan, their mm. team principal last season, deputy team principal. Yes. And um, uh, he's he, he's a he's a really smart guy. And uh, what what he said uh, was, yes, Oliver's like having an engineer. He's uh, Oliver Turvey. Uh, he, he was a fantastic influence on the team. But he was also quite willing to big up uh, just how technical Dan Tickton is. And, oh, yeah. um, you, you know, he's... Um, he, Obviously, Dan Tixham is always going to get you a quote that you don't necessarily want in the press. But <laughs> he's also, but he's also apparently quietly behind the scenes someone who, and you know, Ida would mention this on my podcast. He's he's someone who maybe can seem a bit irascible with the press because he wants to get on technical matters and talk to the engineers about stuff. And I think that that anaraki side of him, that that sort of nerdy techie side, if they can harness that, he, he could potentially build a career in Formula E. Now I, I would say the lack of enthusiasm was palpable from him at times last season you're absolutely right guys but mm. I would also say you know <clears throat> Um, I I think I'm willing to give him this season to I'm willing to give him a second season, as Alan Partridge would say, because (laughs) I just I just think if they can keep his focus on technical matters and if they can keep a microphone out of out of out of his way, then he could potentially be on for a good season.
0: You giving the benefit of the doubt here, gents? Sasha's made a competent argument. (laughs) Yeah, the the driving talent on offer
1: is never really the problem with either of these dudes. Yes, Sate Camera and Tictum have been have had their share of ups and downs throughout the years. They've had their share of opportunities gone the wayside, whether that's just been for bad luck or self-made misfortune. They they got they got a couple of good wheelmen at this team. If the car's anywhere halfway decent. Hopefully it vindicates that talent.
2: I think that's the big question is how is the car going to be? Mm. Um, And I I think they bring up a great point that, yeah, reliability early on, especially given the question marks about this car, that is going to bag some teams a whole lot of points early on. 100%.
3: Yes. And if if there are reliability issues for some of the top teams, then they they could stand to pick something up. Also, the other thing is, you know, when a new when a new rule set comes in, you know, we see this in F1 all the time. It's a great level for some of the small teams. Now, Neo 333 um, uh, builds in association with a, a small British company down the road from its factory, effectively builds its own powertrain. So mm. if, if it's found something that the others haven't or um, if the other teams suffer from powertrain unreliability and they don't, well, you know, it is going to be a lottery in Mexico City.
0: Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna wait and see. Big question marks over that team, but the driving talent certainly is up there. Next up in line, Nissan. I can't believe I'm talking about Nissan this early, and you can't see it, but RJ is currently gushing with delight as I say that uh, in their in their Sakura based car, lovely livery if I do say so myself. Uh, in the 17 car, Norman Nato back in the series, and in the in the 23 car, Sasha Fedestras makes his full season debut. Um, still makes me a little bit sad that the E dams name is no more. Also, long-standing veteran Sebastian Wemi had finally decided to move on from the underperforming now for the Japanese team. Nissan has gone all French of its lineup, ironically, with Norman Nato returning to the series after standing in at the end of Season 8 with Jaguar, and his partner is Sasha Fenestras, Super GT star, and last year's Super Formula runner-up. Keep an eye on the fact that their powertrains are also powering McLaren. We'll get to them later. Also, shout out to the Saka delivery. That shit is dope. Um, that's what I said in my notes. Great, um, Yeah, I can't wait to be on track, and I'm really excited to get to Valencia and start testing soon. It's a big step for me in a racing Formula E, and to see the professionalism and dedication of the team is only pushing me to achieve best possible results. We're building up nicely to the season in the simulator, tweaking and developing the car and start the campaign in a positive way. That was Sasha Fenestrat just before the Valencia test um what what do you make of this Dude, one? it's it like, been a gr- it's been a great couple of weeks for sasha
1: fennestras because no matter who won the world cup final he was guaranteed to win remember he is also <laughs> uh an argentine citizen as well he represents both nationalities um if we get the sasha fennestras that we saw last year in japan you're getting a great driver last year super formidable want to race and compete for a GT 500 title for most of this uh, past season. In fact, in his debut year had four podiums in GT 500. Uh, that was back in the code year, 2020 uh, the talent again, ne- never quest. I do find it funny that uh, he started off as a Renault sport Academy driver and then got dropped by them. And now, well, he's back in the Alliance.
2: <laughs> What's left of it, anyway? <laughs> Is Carlos gone? Still doing crimes?
0: I don't know the legitimate suitcases. But yeah, right I him. mean,
1: he's got documentary movies about him. So oh I, saw I, saw, I saw the
3: mm. I saw the really entertaining documentary, and I I, I just hope that these two French uh, Frenchmen don't end up leaving Nissan in a violin case the way he did. But
2: uh... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, going back to Fenestraz. I mean, also, yeah, I love, right? I mean yeah. yeah, everything you plug him into, he's very very rapid in. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: yeah, and I, th- I think, um, I, I think it's exciting for Nissan that they're, they're they're building from the bottom here, and uh, actually the lack of expectations might work in their favor because you know, um, the the there were many reasons why Nissan were relatively slow towards the end of Gen Two. One of which was the fact that they had to abandon their phenomenally brilliant twin motor powertrain in the first season of Gen Two, and that put them on the back foot uh, developmentally for the for the rest of the time, and. Mm. Uh, I, I mean, uh, obviously, organisationally, um, they they recovered well from the tragic death of Jean-Paul Trio as well. But uh, they, um, but uh, but then you know they they kind of um, N- Nissan took a much greater part, and in fact, it's entirely a Nissan team. And now they've got to prove that organizationally, they can run a you know fast, nimble, uh, you know, um, agile Formula E organisation, Nissan, and um, I think. I think NATO obviously is um, NATO is obviously a proven winner in Formula E, and that's right. A-
1: his one full season he did, he won his last race, knowing that he wasn't going to come back the following year. By the way, lovely touch for him to run the seventeen, made famous by his friend, the legendary Jules
0: Bianchi. Of course,
3: lovely yes. Touch. Mm. And um, also a brilliant sim driver and developer as well for Jaguar. So I, I think Norman Nato could could be there could be their really good card. Um, I'm not, I guess I guess I can't say trump card anymore. But I <laughs> um, yes yes if we end up with the Sasha Fenestras of Japan, then uh, obviously that's going to be a surprise package there.
0: I, I, I'm i inclined to agree. I, we kind of want Nissan back up the front. They've been struggling since since they had part of their car ruled out for years. I want to see him back up the front again. It's not season two anymore, but still, I think it will be pretty neat at least. Next up, Mahindra. Um, This is going to be a fun vibe team right here. In the number eight car, Oliver Rowland, E's favorite Yorkshireman. Well, we love to see him. And in the 11 car, wow, that's a coupe. Lucas Degrassi, um, in a Mahindra. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Um... Safe to say, a loud off-season for India's finest. Poaching Lucas Degrassi as he moved on from the artists now known as Maserati to spearhead Mahindra, alongside the sport's favourite Yorkshireman, Oliver Rowland. But the controversial move was within the higher-ups. Dilbar Gill, long-standing team principal, was moved on and replaced by Frederick Bertrand, former FIA sporting department head and director of Formula E. As you can imagine, this went over well with some of the other teams. Guess who came out with this quote? It's surprising news for us, especially when you think about the position he was in and how much insights and details he knows about all competitors. With such a short transition phase from FIA to becoming head of a competitor team, it's just surprising news for us. And especially the quick transition time is surprising. I think some questions will be raised, but it is as it is. If you guessed that was Florian Modlinger of Porsche, you'd be right. Um, <laughs> see if you can spot a pattern here. Um, f- folks, politically messy one, this. I mean, does this not scream conflict of interest a little bit here? It, it's, uh, it,
3: it screams it from the rooftops. And uh, d- just in case anyone's wondering why this is a problem, you know, um, think of it in this way. It's like Haas firing Gunter Steiner and replacing him with Michael Massey. You know, it, it's, uh, it's, it's difficult.
2: That might be the only way to make that team more hated than they are right now. <laughs> that would be, uh, you know, I almost want to see that just to watch F1 Twitter implode in on itself. <laughs> but, but you know, like picking up someone for, I mean, we had a very similar situation with Ferrari um, picking up, I want to say it was Mechius a couple years ago. Just lots of talk from the other teams that pretty much amounted to nothing.
3: Yeah. um, But actually, the thing that might stand Mahindra in good stead on the track, uh, apart apart from their organisational change, which I actually think might be positive from a performance point of view... Um, they are working uh, in lockstep with the uh, Abt Cooper team, uh, so that they're effectively working as a four-car team. Uh, that, that's allowed within the regs. Uh, if you if you share a powertrain with another team, you're allowed to uh, use their telemetry and uh, speak to them and so on. And I think the fact that you've got the APT organisation and you've got Lucas Degrassi, well, I I think that there's an awful lot, uh, there's there's an awful lot of number of years of engineering knowledge there to use.
0: Yeah, that that is that is a big deal, and uh, I mean, let's again, Modlinger went on the record. Most of his rivals were like, well, you know, we wish him all the best over there, but you could kind of get the resentment. Underneath the surface, about how I think the team bosses really felt about this one, because yeah. uh, it is not a great look for the former director of the series to become a team principal. Um, that is a huge red flag to me. Uh, as as a, just a so if,
2: if this had happened, you know, middle of Gen Two, I would imagine there'd be a lot more questions
0: asked. No, no More than now, but you know, it's a strong team. I think on paper, I think Oliver Roland is way better than his fourteenth and last year's title suggests. I think oh, without without doubt, I think Roland is a very solid driver. Can, yeah, he was pushing that Mahindra into some really obscure spots at times last year. Um, he was, you, you could see him like God bless him, he was trying. Um, Second from the pole in the first race at Seoul. Oh yeah, like I'm a
1: poet and I don't even know. It. Ha, ha ha Yeah, like he was
0: fast over a lap, but like over a race, I just don't think they had the energy conservation, um, you know, to to keep up with some of the big hitters, but he's a good driver and Lucas is Lucas. Lucas. I mean, he was nicknamed the butcher last year. We all know what he can be like on track, but we also know he's a damn good driver in the series. He's probably the blueprint of, if you're ahead of Lucas Degrassi in this series, you're probably doing very well. Um, he's just a consistent top tier threat can win almost any given race on paper look that is as good a driver as Mahindra could have brought in in the circumstances right given they're a admitted absolutely amidst, I think uh, so. that's a hell of a coup um yeah but you know it's, uh, it's 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 a it's a messy one shall we say and good luck to them where that's
1: concerned yeah it's a, it's a political mess and and that's and that's before we leave
0: uh lucas Degrassi to the side oh yeah <laughs> um good luck to them on that one Damn, it's your favorite. Uh, it's a tag. Uh, <laughs> they're
1: still
2: here. They're still here. But, they're still. They might have a foot out the door, but they are still here. Tag horror, Porsche Formula E team.
0: There's an upgrade here. A,
2: we got Antonio Felix da Costa. Like holy shit, we got Antonio Felix da Costa. That's a, you got Antonio Felix da Costa, and he's going to be driving your your
0: LMDHs, maybe. Well, 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 yeah. Um. That's a coup, and you, you obviously Pascal Verline sticks yeah. around as well in the '94 car. Um, but for, was it season six champion? I want to say the Costa was uh, indeed champion yeah.
1: at the Berlin sets top.
0: It's an interesting transitional period for Porsche. They've shown promise, but how? But m- much frustration as potential title campaigns have never really materialized. Last season, they only scored sixteen points across their final six weekends, compared to one hundred and sixteen in the first ten. But They've gone big with this soft reboot with season six champion and Berlin specialist Antonio Felix da Costa replacing Andre Lotterer alongside the always high-up Pascal Verline, They're also supplying the Andretti team as direct midfield competitors. More on them in a minute. A wild Cam rejoices, but our Porsche just... I don't know what I'd call... I don't know if I'd call what I'm doing right now, rejoicing. <laughs> but our Porsche just here for a fun time and not a long time. Their future in the series sounds very much up in the air. Quote from uh, AFDC himself saying, I think it's probably the biggest two opposites I could go to from DS T-Cheetah to Porsche. Luckily for me, being with BMW before, it's not fully new. I'm used to this German way of doing things. There's also a lot of stuff that I can bring from DS because sometimes being in a smaller house, there are positives to take from there. And we did a lot of good things at DS t For me, I feel strong. And I feel like I've got a variety of experiences now where I can adapt and really focus on what I do best what do we make of this one, folks? And Cam, I'm going to go to you first on this one because uh, I, I, you're the Porsche man. It's only fair we go to you on this one. It's an upgrade on driving talent, certainly. I mean, the cost is big.
1: I,
2: I love me some Antonio Felix Da Costa, but the driving talent is not where I have the concern. We got to see more out of Porsche this year. I mean, they got the win, finally, legally this time. Um, in crushing fashion with mexico last year doing an extra lap just because they could and that's pretty much as good as it got i mean by the end of the season they were scrapping for minor points um they left a couple potential wins on the table monaco is the one i can think of where uh verline's car just the secondary battery failed and the car just died out on track for a company with expectations as high as porsche we got to see something resembling a title challenge this year. I mean, they
0: were, what, seventh overall yeah. this last season—that's just that's just not good enough for for, no. for a team as big as them. Um, they've gone hard on the driving lineup. I mean, the Coster is definitely an upgrade on Lotterer. Lotterer was, well, shall we say, a bit all over the place um, at the best of times in his Formula E career. It's still winless somehow. Um, and but uh, the winless wonder this, Also, as a as a quick side note given we are keeping the dual qualifying format, I still need more turns to camera from Andre Lotter looking like he's a Bond villain, just for my own amusement. <laughs> uh, he was very good at that, uh, if I do say so myself. I also like the insinuation of Porsche
1: just here for fun time and not a long time. Like, look,
0: at the end of the day, we all
1: need short-term companionship. We all need one-night stands in our lives, and I think that's what Porsche is going for here. They're they're, they're just uh, they're just looking to swipe right on success.
0: What do you what do you reckon, Sasha? Hmm.
3: I, I think uh, Porsche, Porsche might not be there for a long time, but they're also not there for a good time. I mean, but this, this is uh, this, this is a corporate team we're talking about. So they they need they need to be dominating um, uh, if if they if they're going to get what they consider to be their money's worth out of Formula E. Um, I do think that. Obviously, the driver lineups are a step up. Uh, Antonio Felix da Costa is probably the best that you, the, the best that you can get uh, in in terms of available drivers. And I think they took him quite early last season as well. Although the announcement was obviously after the season. Verline um, consistently brilliant, um, but nothing else to say really about him. But uh, there are I, no
2: more excuses. No, exactly,
3: I- but but. Uh, yeah, the, the worry that I have is that uh, at the time when Porsche entered Formula E, obviously it was post-Dieselgate and um, and all the VW brands were pivoting heavy, heavily to uh, being seen to be doing something about being all electric. And um, as time went on, sports cars got its shit together. Um, LMDH started to look like a low-cost uh, solution, as you guys all know. And uh, that just wasn't there at the time. And I feel like porsche's natural home is sports cars and um i i i worry for their future in the sport i think the fact that there are already noises coming out suggests that maybe they've already made their minds up i hope i'm wrong
2: especially given all the talk about the state of the the gen 3 car and how the series has approached it. Most of that criticism has come directly from Porsche.
0: Yeah, like they've been on the record and talking to the media about this so much more um, than everybody else has. A lot of them have apparently been saying it under the table or saying similar thoughts, but not willing to put their name on it. Um, Florian Medlinger has been very open to the media. About Terminally it. online. Oh, yeah. We've, uh, we've already got, very we've got an early contender for the uh, Never Log Off Award, Early Doors. So that's going to be uh, fun as, to watch as the season goes on. But, uh, yeah, gosh, there's Porsche for you. And now, their sister team. The Avalanche Andretti Formula E team, and boy, hey, they just...
2: actually let Andretti into this one. I'm... Wow, no. I
1: can't believe Andretti. <laughs> how could they? How could they possibly understand the depth and complexity of European motorsport? How could I'm they the... possibly understand it
0: with their smooth, like t- smooth brain, ten IQ minds? I, I'm
3: I'm looking forward to this so much, though.
0: I I have no idea. Um, I think the excuse I have written on my notes is they wrote a fat check. Um, anyway (laughs) Adretti in the 27 car Uh, our tall friend in yours the man with the struggles Jake Dennis um, is back (laughs) for another go and he's he's a juggernaut of a driver and alongside him new teammate we miss Oliver Askew, but in comes Oh no, it's Andre Lossera. <laughs> still
2: still repping number, reppin number thirty.
0: Still repping number thirty six,
1: still repping his roots at Tom's race. Oh yes. still,
2: still not winning.
0: Yep, Andretti are back now with Porsche as a powertrain after BMW's departure from the series at the end of last season. And after an extended round of negotiations, Jake Dennis stays in the twenty-seven car, with Oliver Askew let go and replaced by everyone's favorite bull in a china shop, Andre Lossera. Andretti was squaring. the midfield with Dennis doing a lot of the heavy lifting in season eight brackets 84% of Andretti's points last year came from Dennis so can Lotterer provide backup and can Dennis put together another title campaign hashtag Jake struggles uh quote from the man himself and for me it's very emotional because I'm a very big fan of Mario Andretti and the whole history of the team I think it's amazing what they've achieved and to join as an Andre with Andretti it's also pretty funny and pretty cool. Andre Lotterer, a grown man of forty. Um, I was <laughs> saying, how
2: How long did he spend thinking of
0: that? Quote? Mumps. <laughs> Mumps I say.
3: <laughs> it's like... you know you know what though um and, and- Andretti are probably not going to win the title obviously they're the porsche customer team but th- they are going to give us i think the most fun uh, i i love this combination of drivers feel sorry for oliver askew he he's he's a lovely lovely person but uh his uh um his his confidence just seemed to drop as the season went on last season and he seems like a real confidence player Andre Lotterer is full of nothing but confidence, and uh, I, I, I just think he's... It, it, what what I love is, you know, Jake Dennis has many positive things to him, but the the, the two of them together, uh, Jake and Andre, they're, they're just going to be the kings of shithousery, aren't they? It's going to be fantastic to watch.
0: I'm going to love watching it, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. This is going to be fun. Like, Jake Dennis is brilliant. Like, Dennis is one of the guys who can... I think fi- Like, you could tell that I just don't think Dennis had the car last season more than anything else. I think he was one of those guys. He was like the Lando Norris in formula one this past season where I was like seventh, sixth. He's that guy because it's just, Mm -hmm. he was, he, he could hammer away the maximum out of that car. Um, but, at the same time, just not a good enough car to really challenge the Venturi's and um, and the TST cheaters and the Mercedes of the field last year. Dennis is, I think, if Dennis has a car that is decent, I think he can win some races. I really do. Um, I think he's one of the top five, or top four or five drivers in this entire series. I really like Dennis. I just, I just really hope that he's got a car underneath him um, because man can man can wheel. But Andri- we've not seen enough of Andretti at the very peak of the field for me to suggest that might happen. Okay. Envision. Uh, interesting scene this one is going to be. Uh, they've got a new edition as well. Number 16, the 16 car, Sebastian Buemi. is in an Envision. That's a weird vibe. He isn't
2: left it? his home. The
0: the the alliance uh, has, has lost its its strongest founding member, um, and joint and of course he'll be alongside uh, mainstay Nick Cassidy. Um, we're still going to call him Big Dick Nick for the record, just because we can. Um, so in the thirty seven car, another solid team on paper for Envision Racing, who's won a race in every form of the season to date, bar season seven, and a potentially big reshuffle in the lead driver slot a season two champion Sebastian Buemi joins from Nissan to partner up with large appendage Nick Cassidy another veteran midfield team but a step behind the real heavy hitters will Buemi's experience help or hinder note they'll also be on Jaguars powertrains this season after switching from the departing Audi Quote, they have great resources and great commitment. That's what I like. They are really committed with no distractions. They know what the job is. They'll do their best at it. And as far as I can see, it's relatively apolitical, which is the way we work too. That's Sylvia. Mohammed Ben Soleim is salivating at this. (laughs) (laughs) That's (laughs) <laughs> that's Sylvia <laughs> Felipe, uh, uh team principal over there at envision and yeah they're obviously talking about the jaguar partnership and look i root for envision i do because they're one of the few manufacturers that actually does take the environmental aspect of this gig seriously they're a very oh. they're a very easy team to like for that reason they've always they've always had strong lineups but they lost robin friends and friends is again another one of those really big hitters when it comes to driving quality in this series but they got Bwemi. So that's also, you know, that's a. If Bwemi is in a good car, is there any reason to doubt that he, he can't be a top hitter again in this series? Because it's been almost never lasted. I it. think there is. I, never, I think
3: I think I think there is reason to doubt. I'm I'm sorry for stopping sure. over you, RJ. Um, I I just feel, you know, but Bwemi, as you said in the last podcast, um, has been pound for pound one of the best sports car drivers. Obviously, that's why he's at Toyota, but. Um, e- ever since Gen Two, he's not quite been the driver who dominated in Gen One, and I-, I think he's got a lot to prove this season. I, if I were comparing this to like oldie worldie Formula One, I'd say it's the equivalent of Jordan replacing Giancarlo Fisichella with Damon Hill. You- you're talking about someone who has had a lot of success in the past, but under a different rule set, and mm. it's going to be fascinating to see if Buemi's mind is fully on this, given that he's still got the he he given that he's still got the Toyota gig.
0: True. That's that's a very good point. I mean, we've seen enough of Bremi in, in the WEC to know that he's still that dude, at least over there. Um RJ, what do you how do you feel about Cassidy going forward? Oh man, I was about to say, you know, I I, I
1: want to see Bremi get back to his best. Mm. I mean, it's still frightening that he's not gonna be 35 for another for until October. He's still very much a young man in this business. Mm. I think Cassidy. Got those first pole positions. Got that first win on the board in a weird race in New York City. Uh, Much like Fenestraz, another top quality at sport out of the Japanese top motorsport ladder. He's a Super GT and Super Formula champion. Things were always expected when he got this deal. Many people believe he should be in Formula 1 already and Rackham wins there, but the cards didn't fall like that, but I expect good things out of Nick Cassie. I expect him to take another step forward as it gets another year in his belt,
0: potentially even a serious championship threat. Hmm, interesting perspective. Interesting perspective. I like where that's going. Interesting stuff. Envision are always good. They've not been truly great for a while, and that's going to be interesting. They're like in that they might be peak of what I call that second tier guys who are going to be in the midfield might win the odd race here and there we'll probably get a few podiums but maybe not enough to challenge for a title we'll have to wait and see how bwemi plays into that
2: So say i think the biggest question mark for them is going to be how is the jaguar powertrain going to be because i think mm. again try dri- the actual team we know can run a really tight ship and we know that both drivers at their peak are as good as anyone in the series oh absolutely i think the big question mark falls on their new powertrain partner oh yeah
0: absolutely Oh, I wonder who we're talking about next. Um, uh, yeah, we'll get to them very shortly, but a quick break to talk about the 2023 calendar as it stands as well. we um, have to fit the calendar slot in there as well for those who, aren't, who have, maybe haven't seen all of it. It's a weird calendar in terms of timing. I'll explain why. It's a big calendar. It's a big one, 16 races in total but there's a the date we will hear the dates and you'll see what I mean in a minute. Mexico of course this weekend on January 14th at the Autodroma, Hermanos Rodriguez. Um maybe Perez's dad will still be around by the time we get over there. Um
2: still pushing an effigy of Max Verstappen through a desk
0: uh, as you do. Um <laughs> and then we've then we uh, two weeks later we head to Diria again for two more races in Saudi Arabia on January 27th and 28th. Then will Vince McMahon be there? possibly maybe set, maybe broker in a new deal we'll have to wait and see um, if he hasn't driven out half the board of directors by then um but...
2: or torn or torn both of his hamstrings
0: again um <laughs> round 4 we're going again new round on the calendar hyderabad we're going to india uh, for the for the hyderabad e pre on february the 11th Uh, After that we got a couple of weeks later we go into Cape Town in South Africa finally we got the Cape Town street circuit homologated and on the board for February 25th then we take a month out we're out for a month and then we go to Brazil for, for the first race at Sao Paulo's new street circuit on March 25th. Um, so then and then weirdly, we take another month off um, after that, because then we have two races at our favorite track and yours, Tempelhof Airports Airport in Berlin on April 22nd and 23rd no no that's not my favorite track
1: on the calendar it's the one after it oh, for these cars especially oh
0: the the what's quickly becoming the crown jewel of formula e races monaco round nine on may the sixth. the best the best series that races at monaco these days as far as i'm concerned um <laughs> a month after that we go to Jakarta for two more races at indonesia's uh, international e. And group. they
1: don't even need to change the flag for it either. No, it's
0: it's it's <laughs> just a bit bigger, that's all. Um, <laughs> as you do on June 3rd and June 4th. Um, and three weeks after that, uh, the American round did actually get filled in in the end. I'm just checking <clears throat> my notes here. What do you mean it says Portland? Mm-hmm.
1: Rip City baby Dame time trust the embrace the grind
2: I say Formula E has embraced the grind and is going to Portland. It's going
0: to Portland, full Damien Lid mode, it's going over there to race it but apparently it's going to be an adapted version of Portland International Raceway. It's still quite a big track for Formula E standards, even though it's actually quite small for an IndyCar circuit. So we're going to see how they adapt that one. But yep, um, of all the American rounds, you chose Portland. Amazing. I love Formula E. It never change. We'll complete shit houses. That's on June 24th. Uh, Three weeks after that, we have the doubleheader. I'm glad they've put Rome down the bottom end because Rome is always a good good weekend for Formula E. Um, Two races in Rome on July 15th and 16th. And then again, season finale. We're going back to the XL Centre in London for a doubleheader in the car park to finish off the season on July 29th and 30th. You see what I mean, how it's kind of a weird calendar of all these month- and three-week-long gaps in the middle? I I Are I, they trying to cater towards the more sports car happy crowd a little bit here? Because it's yeah, a weird
1: one. I, I think they are trying to cater towards people that have uh, other World Championship gigs and don't want to mess out. Bwemi in particular stands out uh, as one of those people. I just like the fact that we're going new places. Hyderabad in India... Mm you know listen
0: india has been hurting for top light motorsports since good oh,
1: international Oh, God. They,
0: they, they 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 roll out the sports events i mean if you ever watched the ipl or if you ever watched their f1 races the Ind- indian sports fans are out there and they will roll the fuck out um like how about the cape town though know, in south africa oh yes. we're mm. trying to
1: get Keelami on the f1 calendar uh and things are tight but i have a feeling this could be good and hey like I know Portland International, International Raceway is a weird choice, but Portland's a fun city. It kind of fits like the pseudo-progressive tech bro vibe that Formula E is trying to get at. I just wish it was in the city instead of at the raceway, but I understand why they did. Yeah. It should be
0: fine. He's hoping. No, 100% with you on that one at least. Yeah, I think it's a fun calendar. I just hope the gaps don't derail any momentum or anything positive that the series produces, because there's a, there is a lot of gaps in between. I know a lot of these drivers in the series pull double duty and never thought he'd have to take that into account, but that is a long Formula E 16 race calendar to have to go from January all the way to July, and then there's one, two, three, four, five double header weekends in there as well. It's a bit it's a bit all over the shop, but I, I, it's not dreadful in that sense. Yeah. yeah, I
3: I think there's a lot of positive things about the calendar. I I, I do think the gap the gaps are always uh, something that derails the progress of the championship, and I I would love Formula E to be the main draw, but we are where we are. We we, we have mostly people who are double jobbing in sports cars mm-hmm. or something else, and it, it's 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 just where we are sadly. But uh, I I did want to mention, yeah, Portland. I've never been there I think maybe the Americans on the conversation can tell me why it's a cool place to go but like I am a little bit alarmed that they've lost Red Hook Brooklyn from that because I I think I think the New York City Pre uh was was something mm-hmm. that they could big up just because of the name and I, I think what I
1: understand was that uh, there was logistical issues regarding construction in that area and that's why they couldn't bring it back
0: this year yeah I do remember hearing that.
3: Probably right. Um, and obviously, it's it's great that Formula E has a race in Africa, uh, particularly South Africa, because that's been starved of global motorsport for a while. But because it's in Cape Town, uh, we've lost the perennial sub and many people's favorite race, Marrakesh. So, that's a shame. Um, And of course, we've not had Formula E in Paris for a few years. So... the There are other races which could feature in this calendar and make it even better. Um, I'm indifferent about Jakarta. I I didn't think it uh, made for a particularly um, exciting-looking track on TV last year, and I would be... Perfectly okay if Formula E never went to Saudi Arabia again, but we are where we are, and I understand why it's there. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, we all know the reasons why. On that one, we we try. You, you, you put it like that. Actually, there's actually quite a few decent rounds we are still missing. But you're absolutely. Punta del Este. Yeah, Jason. Yeah, Jason's got the right yeah, idea in capital letters. Where's
1: Punta del Beste? Um, you're goddamn right. Where is Punta del Este? The Punta del it's, Beste. It's,
0: it's, it's, it's doing another form of electric motor sport with you know big raid cars or something. Boo. Anyway, let's get back into the rest of these teams. we have got four to go folks. And next up is Ugh, Jaguar. Oh, um, uh, fun fact. Go, on, go and meet your fate. <laughs> I had to. Uh, Yeah, it's only fair. Fun fact, this is the only unchanged driver lineup in the entire field this season. Seriously, in the number nine car, Mitch Evans, championship runner-up last year, and Sam Bird in the number 10 car. So, yeah, yet so far for James Barclay and the Jaguar racing team last year. Mitch, bruh put in a hell of a shift to push Duffel Van Dorn for the title before that horror DNF in London, but Sam Bird's worst season in Formula E to date dragged the team down to fourth overall. They're almost certainly going to need more from the series people's champion Sam Bird up, who had his his first winless season in Formula E, but will the third time be the charm for Mitch Evans and title campaigns? Also, shout out to them for um, borrowing the reflective liveries for 2023 from Faraday Future. Remember them? Uh, quote. No. <laughs> I don't. Good. Um I Does anyone? Uh, I mean,
3: well I, I can I can remember that the entire brand name was a lie because they were neither Faraday nor did they have a future. Yeah, you know.
1: Oh.
2: Okay,
1: uh, you we want to talk about companies that could be on a future episode of Slapshoes, Liars, Thieves and Lawyers. That might be up Oh, that's top up of there. List. Um
0: yeah, so uh, <clears throat> quote, I'm incredibly proud of what we achieved last season. We had our biggest points all to date but we know we can do better and we are here to compete for the world championship. We are confident in the Jaguar I type six and in the strength of our talented team. And I look forward to seeing what this season will bring. That's James Barclay team principal and a famous table, table, uh, table basher, I should say when pole laps don't quite come together. Um, I'm not, I'm saying nothing here about Jaguar and their title chances. I've been burned too many times Um, for me once shame on you for me twice you you know the rest damn
2: uh, uh i don't know I, I don't know where to be with jaguar because they're always there but they can never quite get over the line
1: yeah um we know mitch evans is good
2: we know, we know mitch him. evans uh, mitch brah i'm still mad i'm still mad about mexico from a couple of years. But- it's okay it's okay we know he's a proven quantity Bird, we need to see a reversal of the trend from last year because he just wasn't hitting the heights that we're used to seeing from Sam Bird.
3: Yeah, and it was completely mysterious uh, why, why that was for much of the season. Sunbird some, some sometimes has a problem where uh, if if things aren't going his way, and it, this is maybe a bit of a David Coulthard complex, um, he will some, sometimes lose his head when, when the car isn't perfect or when it's not behaving the way that he thinks it should. Um, and obviously, Mitch Evans, you know, Jaguar is his team. He's been there since the start. Uh, If I'm going to pick one of those drivers as a title shot, it's going to be Evans every way.
0: Mm. Oh, yeah. yeah. Look, I will never blame you if you pick Evans to win a title. He has been basically the second-best driver in the series now for two or three years, and Rome's specialist. so I him, mean, given we a doing two in Rome again this season, um, there's a good chance Mitch might take both of them. He loves it there. Um, it's a genuine, formatory bank around. You don't get many of them. It's like Mark Marquez in MotoGP whenever an anti-clockwise track rolls up. Um, so it's keep, certainly enough to keep an eye on. I like Jag. They need more from Sandbird. Mitch Evans is not the problem here. And they, if anything, last season proved they have got something to win a title. Definitely. It's just, they need to just polish up a little bit more than anything else, I would say. Um, next up, ABT. The app name is back. <laughs> yeah. Apt, Apt Cooper Formula E team. And they made a big old poach to get Robin Frings in the team in the number four car. Um, as well as the returning Nico Muller as well. Um, the apt name is back surviving the split from Audi and partnering with Cooper the electronic touring car makers that won the ETCR double in 2021 and 22 they'll be running on Mahindra's power units and a rejuvenated Robin Freen's after a difficult final season with Envision a decision he chose himself after his performance manager left in the middle of last season Mm. with him will be two-time DTM runner-up Nico Muller who's made a handful of appearances in the Dragon Penske blender of seat fillers safe to say robin is modest about the brand's returning chances quote i'm not saying the mahindra is the best car far away from that at the moment and i still think the ds looks very strong but if we get a half decent package we can do good things through the year for sure we will struggle at the beginning of the season for sure we will be off the pace especially in the race i believe we'll be off the pace but at least we have the good brains to get things turned around through the year I'm actually stunned at how modest Robin's been here.
2: Um, I say, that sounds the opposite of confident. That sounds like his big concerns.
0: Yeah, which is weird because I, I did some digging into this. Robin was offered an extension at Envision. He turned it down. He actually left Envision to go to this new team with Apt and the Apt name coming back. He wasn't happy about the fact his performance manager left the team mid-season, and then after that, he felt like his performances dropped off in the second half of the year, which does add up. If you look at if you look, if you yeah. look at the Wikipedia, he, he was not happy about mm. it, and it showed clearly. But he, he looks like he's. A, I mean, I don't I, would, I don't want to say he's okay with it, but it looks like he knows where this new team is at, and clearly not at the front of things. He knows where they're I think- at right now because this team didn't exist last year.
1: Apt was not around. They have come back thanks to a partnership of Cupra. Who have had success in electric touring cars, they are the upscale brand of Seat, which is, I believe they're still part of Volkswagen Audi group. Yes. So they still have so Volkswagen Audi still has a foot in the door somehow.
3: Mm. Yeah, and, and the the Cooper thing is just a branding exercise for now, although you never know what might happen in Gen 4. The the thing that intrigues me here, and and the, the reason why I think they'll be okay, you know, with a few early struggles, is because obviously Robin Freynes Perfectly rapid. Uh, Nico Müller didn't didn't really get the chance to show anything at Dragon. Is a much better driver than he looked there. Um, as you know, as DTM would show. I I think that uh, the fact that they are working effectively as one team with with Mahindra the works team does does mean that they're going to get a lot more from their development than maybe uh, some of the customer teams that are split a bit more Mm. and. uh, I, I I would look at that as maybe being a bit of a boon. I I would also say, uh, you know, Freins wasn't just moving into the dark here because he was already an Audi Works driver. He already knew the apt personnel, so mm-hmm. I I think they're going to be okay eventually.
0: Yeah, a team maybe to watch second half of the season, maybe.
3: Oh,
1: that second hand surge going to
3: be
0: good, yeah. be good, good. Nico Müller can certainly drive a bit. Hopefully, with a bit of a better team than what he was when he was with Dragon back in the not so good days. Ah, oh boy. Right. So next up, to end off the field, the, the strongest teams from last year having big old rebrands. The artist formerly known as Venturi, now Maserati MSG Racing. And, uh, oh, this is a strong team. In the seventh car, they've poached Maxi Gunther. Um, that, that boy's quick. Um, and in the 48 car, everybody's favorite, second-favorite Formula One driver Edoro Mortara, uh, third in last year's championship in there as well. Edo back for another run. For the first time in 60 years, the Maserati name is back on the front of a single-seater world championship, and they're taking on a heck of a team. The artists formerly known as Venturi were runners-up in the Constructors' Championship last season, only losing up to their bigger brother, Factory Team. But Maserati insists they're here for keeps, sharing their powertrains with DS Penske and a handshake deal made made last year in combination with keeping most of Venturi's key staff. Driving for them will be a perennial title contender in Edo Mortara after back to back years in the top three of the standings. Alongside Edo will be Maxi Gunther, who hopefully will finally have a solid home to nurture his proven speed. I still want to say, I think he's still the youngest winner in Formula e history. I don't think anyone younger than him's won a race. No, no, I believe you are correct. Pro, don't, right. don't quote me on that, but I believe he's the youngest ever FE winner. Former DS Reserve driver James Rossiter will join as team principal after Susie Wolf and Jerome D'Ambrosio moved on on another super gt legend and a leadership position
1: it's all about me
0: <laughs> <laughs> i mean well this is the big this is one of, another one of the big off-season stories maserati back in single seater motorsport and i mean they've they've mean they've, they've they've rebranded from venturi which was a top two team in the field already they've kept all the staff on they've Arguably, I mean, I wouldn't. I mean, Maxi might not quite be Lucas Degrassi, but he's got speed that is, we know that for sure. He, he wanted to getting in both of his seasons with BMW, he's quick. Oh, yeah,
2: he's quick, and you're, I think, you're getting longevity there oh, as yeah. well if he's there for a yeah. the long haul. And you've only gone and gotten the best powertrain from all the rumblings coming out of testing. <laughs>
3: Yeah, I'm very excited about this combination. Mm. Um, I mean, I've, I, I make no bones about this. I, I'm a, I, I was a Venturi fan. Um, I've, I've, I've always been a Mortara fan. I, I, I think that uh, uh, Mortara is a really good-natured guy, um, and uh, he deserves all the success he's got. And he's thoroughly rapid, and obviously um, has been through his career as the Mister Macau nickname um, will, will tell oh, yes. you. but uh, I um the, G- Gunter's an interesting one because uh yes he's got speed but he lost a lot of confidence at nissan and um he didn't really get the machinery to show how quick he was and um or, also um he he obviously knows that he is sloppy seconds because they really wanted nick de as well they so th- th- there's a lot of factors going into that and but yeah, that that Maserati MSG combination. Don't be fooled by the branding exercise. It's it's not a new team. This is already a well-oiled machine. Oh yeah, and um, I think they're yeah. going to do well. And uh, also, a lot of people have been saying that uh, it's it's a it's a rules quirk or or a rules break that's allowed them to use the DS powertrain. It, it's not. You're allowed to use the same powertrain as another team. Yes. it's it's within the Absolutely. rules. Absolutely.
2: Like, I mean, uh, who the hell was saying that? Yeah. <laughs> this has been a thing for. Literally, since customer powertrains became a thing, I, I,
0: I suspect a, years I suspect ago a certain media company might have exaggerated that. Um, to, to get a quick headline, out possibly
3: of it. a hyphenated media yeah, company,
0: yeah, uh, which I'm totally not an employee oh. for now. Um, anyway, <laughs> oh, great place. Well, I'll say if I, if I do say so myself, um. <laughs> Try the, ve- try the Veal. It's fantastic. Bastard. But yeah, look, I think this is a great team. Well, Tara is about as rock solid and an, a driver as you get in this series. The artists formerly known as Venturi are a, are a very, very well run team. Honestly, I've said to people, I, I, I hope Susie is moving on to get the Williams team principal gig in F1. Cause I think mean, she's done an outstanding job with this team in the time she was with them. Um, Oh, and yeah. she deserves a big. Uh, she deserves, I think, a bigger opportunity. And uh, she's done fantastic work here, genuinely as well. I love the fact that already said publicly, they're in defiance of the FIA's new rule change. Apparently, they are going to have the rainbows on their cart no matter what. Um, um, like James Rossiter is a good egg, and uh, like they're a very, very easy team to root for. It won't have a driver who has to stare at every weekend and start melting on the inside. Yeah, too. that helps. <laughs> that, that helps. Uh,
2: yeah, I mean, we, the the size of this dub substantial. Yeah,
0: Venturi's management, DS's powertrains, top tier level driver, potentially very fast outsider who's a bit on the younger side of things. Still, they they tick they tick every box as far. It wouldn't surprise me. If Venturi goes all the way in this year. They've got interesting competition at the front though, because the artists formerly known as Mercedes are now. Hang on, McLaren. Um <laughs> it really does feel like
1: 1997 all. It of- really
0: does. The Neon McLaren Formula E team and uh yeah, they've blown the team up as well in terms of driver lineup because in the number 5 car, Jake Hughes is here, long-standing veteran of the road to F1 junior ladder and returning num- in the number 58 car, René Fast. Uh
2: Rene Rast is Rene Fast.
0: Oh, I, 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 yeah, we've seen him before. We know we knew Mercedes was departing Formula E towards the end of last year, but we were all surprised when we found out Motorsport's verb, favorite verbal agreeer, Zach Brown, inherited the two-time constructors and two-time driver's champs into the McLaren racing family. It's a whole new driver pairing for the Papaya as Jake Hughes makes his series debut, a veteran of the road to F1 junior ladder, and Rene Rast returns after leaving Audi a couple of years back we know that rast is fast as hell when fully dialed in so mclaren is going to be an intriguing team to watch also one of the fastest teams at the valencia test but you never believe it if you ask Ian james their team principal who's staying on from the mercedes era and they'll be running nissan's powertrains so quote there's a lot of work left to go before we're anywhere near the level we need to be he said One thing that I have noticed is that even when compared with last season in Gen 2, where there was a a feeling that the delta between the various teams was closing, coming here to Valencia, I've noticed up and down the pit lane a distinct improvement in the operations overall. We need to continue to find improvements in our own operation to make sure that we can stay in the competition. So Ian James was playing it down. I know a certain uh, hyphenated media program was actually gassing them up quite a bit, um, saying that, you know, they think McLaren might be a top contender out of the box, which that could be quite the observation. I don't know. I mean, Sasha, I'm asking you first and foremost, like, where do you think this team fits? Because this is an interesting one.
3: (laughs) It is an interesting one. And uh, I I would be a fool to make a prediction on this. The one thing I would say McLaren have done well here is they've pretty much stayed out of things. So uh, they've inherited the, the perfect machine but um in in terms of the, the mercedes team as far as i'm aware they've kept most of the staff from that mercedes team and just given it the funding it needs to continue doing well uh that they haven't looked for ways that they can make it more mid um i i, I know that you all think mclaren are quite a mid organization on this podcast um i th- I, I I honestly don't know with Jake Hughes. The one thing I would say is I didn't know with Jake Dennis when he came into Formula E. I hadn't been following his career mm-hmm. either. So um, the the fact that you've got a British guy called Jake coming in, um, who I'm not particularly aware of, except for um, a, a few uh, a, a few thirsty Instagram posts, suggests <laughs> that, uh, that that there could be something on here. Here's, also,
1: Hughes is like he has been plugging away at the junior Formula ladder for a. Decade like he is overdue a shot in something bigger than this. And I get the impression it's not because he was a marginal talent, but just for whatever reason he could never string it together promotion. Sometimes that happens.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And uh rene Rast was probably pound for pound for pound the most impressive driver in his one full season with audi so well, I'm, without
1: I'm, doubt he made lucas de Grassi look silly there
0: one year together mm.
3: well he 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 made the entire dtm field look silly for several seasons so no That's he's the right. perfect hire mm-hmm.
0: yeah like when rast was at apt and audi sport there was a few drives he had in that car where he looked like he was the fastest dude in the series Straight up. Um, he, he, he is he is stupid fast when he wants to be. That's a good guy to build a team around if you're going to go outside the conventional paddock and the cycle of names we've normally seen in formulary e for the last year or so. That's a damn good guy to build a team around. Um, everybody who knows their motorsport and knows Rene Rast knows that. Jake Hughes is a bit of a wild card to me, but again, um. The, the guys in the sim rooms swear by him um and they know he's a good team player sort of guy so I look forward to seeing what he what he gets on with hard to place them as a team don't really know how strong this mm. ad's powertrains are relatively speaking again the, the the murmurs at the test was positive Ian James played it down quite a lot I, I it's it's they could be the in, most interesting wild card going into this season because they're coming off the back of you know Winning the series last year, in terms of at least the the team as we knew it back then, or came off winning the constructors' title, but they also had two solid drivers in Stoffel and Nick, two two, two champions. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's it's a wild Ian, one.
3: Ian J- Ian James is always going to play it down. His 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 backgrounds in management, he he knows not to raise expectations, but mm. he he also knows all of the stuff that the that the team brings forward. Um, under the new McLaren name and Mm. uh, I think he'll be quietly confident the the, the one question mark I think probably he has and everyone has is that Nissan powertrain Mm -hmm. because uh, until we we put the cards down on the table in Mexico we just don't know okay
0: just before we get out of here real quick we'll go around the horn Uh, gentlemen who do you think will win the constructors title Uh,
1: I want to (laughs) defer to our guest uh to make our first prediction who
0: (laughs) will win the championship gold Uh, smasher
3: Smasher. wow um this is something i should have prepared for um i i i would say that a strong a strong bid for a, a, a strong prediction for the constructor's title or the team's title I would say Jaguar, and um, I think oh. that Mitch Evans is long is long overdue a driver's title. However, I would lose my shit if Mortara won it for MSG
0: Maserati. So, uh, okay, are you actually going to be the one that's brave enough to go with Jaguar?
3: I'm gonna go with Jaguar because I'm too scared to go for MSG Maserati. Yes.
0: Wow. Run that sentence back. He said he was too scared to go with to, to go with MSG and went with Jaguar instead. I, I just <laughs> I, I just don't
3: like I just don't like predicting for the title. Someone who someone who I actually
1: like. That's
0: fair. That is fair. Um. Yeah, that's that's very that's, that's
1: I, I, also if you know your basketball uh, titles typically don't come around MSG. It's not <laughs> Madison
2: Square Garden. Oh,
3: <laughs>
1: no.
2: <laughs> no, King's not
0: even here to defend himself. That, that's come just, on. That, 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 you just pulled the man's pants down. That's not fair, Jesus. Um, <laughs> Give the man right of reply.
2: Jesus. We love Ragnarok <laughs> King's work at Jalopnik. Of course we do.
1: Uh, Cam, Cam, who do you think is going to win the title if it's not um, Antonio Felix Dacasa and Pascal Verlai? It, it's
2: I, not going to be. I, I th- This most recent season has beaten that confidence out <laughs> of me, which is clearly why I'm going to predict someone else, and then Porsche is going to run the field over. Uh, I'm going to say Maxi Gunter and Maserati are going to win. Wow.
0: Maxi Gunter. I think,
2: I think ge- giving that man equipment worthy of his speed, I think he's going to do some very impressive drives that this year. That
0: might be the boldest prediction we've ever had on this channel. That is... Uh...
2: I like this man. <sighs> I like Hunter.
0: I like him as a driver. Mm, mm, mm. Like, like, remember this one, folks. We're going to come back to it in August. <laughs> it's it's going gonna, it's gonna to be fun if this one blows up in his face. RJ.
1: I am the one that has the uh, the clairvoyance to predict that uh, Penske, as we all know, will succeed in anything they uh, set out to accomplish, and that Stoffel Van Dorn will repeat his champion. He oh, wow. ds Penske to win the team's title, and Stoffel Van Dorn to win the driver's title for second year in a row. Wow, okay. And that Jay Penske will finally be invited to the family coach. <laughs> Oh, for God's <laughs>
0: sake. No longer the black sheep of the family. Um, I, also, I love that it's already gone on our Discord, that uh, Cam has, has picked Maxi Gunfoot, and the supporters general section of our Discord have lost their collective shit. Um, Love that. Bold. Um, I like it. I, I can't do Jaguar again. I can't. They've burned me too many times.
2: Do it. <laughs> do it, you coward. <sighs> mm. You were so close You were closer than you thought you were gonna be last season. Like,
0: yeah, I honestly didn't think it would hold up as long as it was only really London that was the like the death sentence for Mitch Evans in the end. Because he was right up there until that point. Um oh, god do I dare pick Mitch Evans for a third year running? Oh, I'm tempted. Um Maserati is a team. I got a I got a good feeling like like Maserati will get it. First time of asking, as 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 the end, even though they're really venturi drivers title. Jev. No,
2: Jeff, I, I, A lot, a lot of DS powertrain. A here. lot of
0: DS powertrain on display. I'm going with what the rumors say, and if the rumors are good, and the, the the Penske team is good, I have more faith in Jeff to just rack up points and just get the results. I I got a feeling Maserati's got the... I actually am with Cam to a degree that Maxi Gunther, I think, will be a great rear gunner at worst for Maserati. So I think they could overall win the team's title. But, oh, it's a bit all over the place here. But uh, that is going to be a fun one. Uh, Yeah, 101 minutes. That's about that. So that that was our Formula E-season preview, everybody. First race. This weekend in Mexico City. Do check it out. Please go out of your way to watch it if you enjoy Formula E because they need the help they can get right now. Channel 4's YouTube channel for us, Brits, if you haven't already. Um, it's free!
1: cbs sports for all of you in america which means you're probably finding other ways to watch it i'm sure you don't have to tell us about it you, you don't have to tell it yourself.
0: uh yeah um exactly so like so the uk folks channel 4's youtube channel if you want to catch everything live channel four sports i believe it's called on youtube so do subscribe to them over there if you want to watch every every session free of charge on youtube can't go wrong with that i suppose but uh before we get out of here one more time, thanks again for all the kind words regarding the new full-time job. And that's uh, not bad. If I do say so myself, it, beats it certainly beats the bookies. Let me tell you, it's been nice to get out of the system after six years. Let, oh, I promise you, uh, youtube.com forward slash motorsport 101, facebook.com forward slash motorsport 101, uh, motorsport1.com. Our website, our Twitter's at Dre underscore WTF one, RJ O'Connell at CWC917, linktree.com forward slash motion E as well. um,
3: Oh, slash motion underscore. Thanks,
0: e. Sasha. For fact that I appreciate that, man. Um, please check out the Motion E podcast if you liked what you heard. Um, Sasha's one of the best in the biz for covering formulary, e. he's fantastic. And I will wholeheartedly say, right now, live on the air, one of the best guests we've ever had on this show. It's been absolutely tremendous.
3: Thank you, Dre. Um, it's, it's been so much fun. No, Thank no, you. You're
0: welcome back anytime, my friend. Um, thanks for joining us as ever. Um, I'm gonna get out of here and uh, Wrap my head against the wall and realize what a crazy day I've had. Uh, so, so until next time, I've been Dre Harrison. They've been R.J. O'Connell, Cam Buckley, and Sasha Garlic. Until then, I've been Dre Harrison. Thank you very much for watching, and we'll catch you guys soon. Sayonara.
1: Later, y'all. Do,
3: do you do you do you feel that? Uh, do you get that kind of exhalation and that feeling of relief when a podcast is finished as well? Oh God, yeah, every time. <laughs> it, it it just it just hits you, doesn't it? It's like the euphoria of knowing you've got nothing else to do for Ugh. a while.
2: Uh, usually, it's the fact that we have avoided audio. Issues. <laughs> <laughs>